I'm about Jesus. And the label sometimes hurt us. And we have to say, this is what Jesus is for. This is what he's about. And if it's injustice, we need to speak to injustice. And if it's if it's racism, we need to speak to racism. If, if it's been a, a victim, we need to speak to that. And I think that's the silent voice of those who don't agree with the far, far right and, and those who don't agree with the far, far left. But that's the silent group as well. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Looking forward to having Myron Thomas, lead pastor of Innovation Church in the Frazier community, to join us on the show Myron, I think it's been eight years since Innovation Church started. The celebration really had a wonderful day this past Sunday. Your congregation, I know, were joyful and celebrating and just really what God has done. And when I saw your social media post, I thought, we've got to get together and just kind of reflect back because I was there when you first opened those doors. That's about the time we met. We did a a show together and we've done other shows with your team and some of the students in our community who've come through your leadership ministry. It's always a pleasure to have you on Mid-South Viewpoint. Man, it's an honor to be on, uh, Byron. I appreciate you, just your consistency, your your, uh, commitment and involvement in our community and in our ministry, man. So I, I thank God for you, brother. Oh, God bless you, my friend. Well, we were hoping to get together personally today, but you know, there's this thing called the COVID pandemic that has, <laughs> that's kind of changed the way we do life. You know, yesterday I was leaving the office and I was heading toward the elevator and I saw a nurse and she had like full like hazmat suit on, you know, with a face shield, hat and gloves, holding a bag in her hand that said biohazard. And so I'm standing there thinking, do I want to ride down the elevator with someone? Hold? And I said, you've got a, a hazmat suit on. She said, yes. She says, I've got some COVID swabs in this bag here. It says biohazard. So I just turned around and went down the stairs. And that, <laughs> and you know, we're on the sixth floor, so I had to walk down a few stairs. But boy, COVID seriously has just rearranged our life. And I'm sure it has impacted you too at Innovation. Oh, yeah, man. It changed the way we, 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 we did ministry last year. I mean, it's it just, and I think everybody had to pivot. And uh, it just changed how we did ministry. And, and we had to become more innovative, you know, in, in our approach to serve God's people. It's been a ride. It's been a ride. So, Tori, your wife, I think you just recently also celebrated an anniversary together, didn't you? No, no, we, we celebrated. Uh, so the, I posted a picture. We celebrated eight years as a church. Tori and I celebrate our anniversary in June. Okay, so it's coming up. And how many years? 17 years? It'll be 18. And- 18 years. You guys are like hand-in-hand in ministry together. God has that special helpmate for us, and Tori definitely fits that description in your life, Myron. Oh, man. Byron, I mean, she, she, she's the secret sauce, man. She's that, she's that ingredient, that secret original recipe from KFC, that <laughs> hot and spicy chicken sauce, whatever they put in the Popeye's chicken. She, she's that person. And I, I, I communicated that to uh, our serve teams um, a nice ago when we celebrated our serve team. You know, like, and and I know it's the good thing and the right thing to to say as a husband, you know, about his wife. But man, I am so serious. What she does behind the scene make us excellent, and what we do is is phenomenal, and it's top of the line. So, oh, brother, I, I love that. Well, the Bible says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." Right? <laughs> so, yes, sir. Yes, sir, and I found one. <laughs> oh, that is so wonderful. Well, you know, there's a lot of catchphrases in churches. You know, churches have these little 
phrases they use, uh, loving, serving, giving. Those are phrases that are not just cool lingo at Innovation Church. You, you practically live those things out. Absolutely. Just our, our entire approach is, is we want to love, we want to serve, and we want to give. You know, the, uh, on the, from the onset, when we um, had our core team meetings before we launched, we said we're not going to be a church that, that sits behind the four walls. We're going to get out to get into the community and serve the people of God. And that's what we've done. We literally now have been out up outside of the four walls and serving God's people. On last year, you know, everything went virtual, and you know, we fed our community. We fed Christ Community Healthcare, who was servicing those with COVID. We just did church different and served outside of those four walls. And so we said we weren't going to allow COVID anything to stop us from loving, serving, and giving to God's people, and we did. So, man, it, it's been fun being able to really serve God's people. And we have what we say, uh, Byron, we don't have to serve, but we get to serve. Get to serve. We don't have to do this. We get to. It's an honor that God gives us to be able to serve His people. Such an honor, Myron, that He does give us that privilege. Uh, can we take a survey on the impact of COVID in our city? We're seeing increased crime. We're seeing unemployment, but we also see places we need employees. You know, we need people to work here, and there's a lack of people willing to fill some jobs. Uh, can you give us your perspective, COVID and the place we are right now in our community? Yeah, I was just in a meeting last week, and we had this discussion about just how the same question that you had, you know, just how, how do we help build the workforce, you know, in our city? And I think it was already tough before COVID, but now with COVID and, and you know, the unemployment, you know, you have a, a population of people who say, I make more now in unemployment than I did when I was working a job. So if I'm making, you know, um, twice as much now, you know, through unemployment, why go back to work? So I think, and I think it's going to, at some point, you know, that's not going to be the case. Because unemployment think, is a temporary solution to the problem, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But when you're dealing with the people with the mindset of, you know, I've never really had anything. And so when I get an opportunity to get more, I don't, I don't think long term, I think, Right now, I think in the moment, and so I don't look at delayed gratification because I'm I've been in a perpetual state of want, and so right now I'm not in want. So I take my chances on the right now and not being in want, and go back to that state when I have to go back to that state of struggling. But right now I'm not struggling, so it's hard to to fight that, you know, when you have an opportunity to not struggle. How do you tell? Well, you know, eventually, yeah, I, we, we'll we'll cross that bridge once we get there. So I think that's what we're that's what we're faced with right now. Well, Myron is the executive director of the Leadership Empowerment Center. It's a nonprofit organization that serves the youth of the North Memphis Fraser community, and you've been doing that so well. Several of your students have been on the show in the past, and we've told their stories uh, once. Gang members, not all, but some, and needing direction, found the gospel of Jesus Christ through your ministry, went through your leadership empowerment program, have gone on to graduate college, and are serving in great ways back in the community and through the ministry where you serve. That has to bless you, knowing that God is using you to redirect the lives of so many youth. Oh, Byron, I mean, beyond measure. That is, you know, when you, you want to see immediate you know, uh, success. But when, when you plant anything, you know, it, it has to, it has to take root and it has to, 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 to grow. 
and to see what God is doing. You know, we have um, some of our former youth that's gone away to college and come back and now working full time. But then we have another wave of individuals that gone away uh, to college and now getting ready to graduate from college to come back, you know. And so to be able to see that, that, that your labor is not in vain and, you know, to really see true change agents in our community is a thing of beauty. You know, so these kids who who had no church home, who had no experience with the church, to actually go off to, you know, be educated, to come back, to serve in the nonprofit, and also to have a place where they call home as a church, it's just a thing of beauty. And so the other kids looking up to them is amazing. So uh, just really helping to change that mindset, you know, that poverty mindset, that welfare mindset, that we have a young lady who is getting ready to purchase a home for the first time. She's the first person in her family that ever owned a home, you know, and so we're seeing first time, first person to ever attend college, the first to ever own a home, the first to, you know, I mean, you know, you know, she's not on welfare, she's, but she's breaking cycles. And so uh, we're seeing that a lot, you know, with, with, with our youth. And so just a different mindset, man. I think that's what has to happen. You have to change the mindset. You change the mindset, you change the lifestyle. Yes, that breaking cycles that really took place in your life after witnessing members of your own family spend time incarcerated, that was kind of an eye-opener to you in your college days. Oh, man, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I I, I sold drugs, and I, I was incarcerated. I sold uh, marijuana, and I was incarcerated with two and a half pounds of weed. Five thousand six hundred dollars and two guns in 1995, and I got out, got on probation, and um, I continued to sell drugs. And I came to Memphis to set up a drug deal, and I was caught on a range line in in Stage Road uh, at the Walgreens at the corner. And I was caught with one hundred and pounds, one hundred and one pounds of weed, seventeen thousand six hundred dollars, and two guns. And I ended up going to jail, and uh, while I was already on probation, I prayed. When I was in jail, and um, and I accepted Christ, man. While I was on my knees praying, the bailiff came. I was asking God, God, get me out of here, give me another chance, give me, you know, I I I, I want to serve you because He had been dealing with me a year prior too, and uh, man, I I got out and I began to serve God, you know, begin to 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 go back and serve some of the kids who was dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with, and I was still going to court. In October the 1st, 1997, I went to court with the guys that I was locked up with, even though I was the ringleader. I mean, God blessed and extended what I didn't deserve. He gave me me grace and, and favor that I did not deserve. And everyone was incarcerated. And I told the, the judge, hey, I did it. I'm guilty. I'm the guy. I, you know, what were you going to do with the money? I was getting ready to buy drugs with the money because I was a drug dealer. I said, but, but Jesus rehabilitated me. So not only has he prevented me from, you know, not only am I not selling drugs anymore, I'm not fornicating, I'm not, I mean, I, I love God. And um, he took a recess, Byron, and came back with paper in his hand, and he started hitting himself in his head and said, I don't know why I'm about to do what I'm about to do, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you some more probation. I'm going to give you a probation officer. He's not going to like you. You're not going to like him, but I go, I'm going to see you again in this courtroom. And it was as if God was letting him know, man, you just got to let him go. You got to let him go. And it was just the amazing grace of God. And and I got out, man. Everyone else was locked up. I got and I, I didn't do any time and just begin to just, you know, really go harder for God, man. And uh, just a paradigm shift in my life, changing my life and my spirit, letting people know, man, that 
you can lose in life because of your circumstances, because your dad wasn't there, because of what you saw in your family and everybody was incarcerated and you saw your family use drugs, or you can you can make it in spite of that. And so with God doing that in my life, it, it inspired me to share that with, with others. And um, young people are now seeing that they can make it, and people are seeing that they can make it in spite of what they went through and in spite of what was handed down to them. Maybe it's harder, but it is possible with God. Myron, have you ever gone back and had contact with that judge who gave you that opportunity? You know, I think he's passed away now, but it was definitely my intentions to do so, but I, I, I never done it. I never done it. And uh man, I, I sure wish I had an opportunity to do it at you know, because I I heard that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, or, or he's mentally, you know, not sure. not, not I was just not curious of what kind of response, you know, yeah. you would have, you oh, know. Man. But. Absolutely. And to know that God that God, you know, used him that day, you know, and you know, and I, from his perspective, you know, he doesn't know if he's making the right decision. And just to, to really see that, like, wow, you know, I, I made the right decision that day. You know, I allowed God to, to I, I was obedient to, to what I felt that day, and, and, it, and it paid off. And, and, and our community is, is blessed because of that. Have you had to move things virtually to continue the work of the Leadership Empowerment Center? I mean, how are you still meeting and connecting with these youth? Oh, man, we're, we're doing a lot virtually. We're doing a lot now. We, we we are having football, so we're we're in person, of course, and can't can't do football virtual, <laughs> you know. And, and we're doing, and our cheerleaders, we're doing that. But um, but yeah, we we've been online. We've been um, doing team night online. We still have our leadership program, and we're we're doing that um, in person now as well. So um, so we're 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 getting back into the swing of things. We're we're you know we're doing some virtual and some in person. That is so wonderful. Well, we are seeing, as you know, cities all around the country, racial unrest and tension. We have a history here in our own city of racism, and we know that's an issue. Terms like systemic racism, cancel culture, being woke, these are terms I don't know if the church understands. Are these terms that are being forced on us to believe? Can you kind of maybe help us navigate through some of these things and help us understand them? Yeah, I, I was in a conversation, Byron, you know, the other day with a, with a young man because God has given me the ability to speak into, you know, uh, uh, the urban community as well as the, the suburban community. And and I hear so many labels that people have and, and what and oftentimes what it does is, is it separates us and it have people that's on the far left and people that's on the far right that that say, oh, you use this label, so I'm discrediting you. Oh, you use this label, so I'm, I'm counseling you. But I think I think it comes a time where people who says that I'm for Jesus and I am for Jesus and, you know, uh, I'm not far right, I'm not far left, but I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere conservative. I think the, the salad group is the group that's conservative, but I'm not far right. I'm conservative, but I'm not far left. And whatever you call it, we have to say, hey, listen, we, we, we don't allow because some, if I say this word, bam. He, he, we, we're going to discredit him. He's not. Yeah, he, he's one of them. If we say, oh, 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 he's critical race theory because he, he, he said this right here. No, I'm not critical race theory. No, I'm, I'm not about the council court, but what I'm about Jesus. And the label sometimes hurt us, and we have to say, this is what Jesus is for. This is what he's about. And if it's injustice, we need to speak to injustice. And if it's if it's racism, we need to speak to racism. If it's been a victim, we need to speak to that. And I think 
that's the silent voice of those who don't uh, agree with the far, far right and, and those who don't agree with the far, far left, but that's the silent group as well. And we feel that I have to pick a side. And so I go with, well, you know, I'm going with the Black Lives Matter movement or, or I go with, you know, I'm going with white supremacy, you know, or, oh, you said white supremacy, you're canceled. You said Black Lives Matter, we don't oppose to, you know, and I, I had an opportunity to, uh, to speak at Second Press and I addressed some of these issues. And, um, and from my point of view, it's, I don't agree with certain things pertaining to Black Lives Matter movement. As a believer, I don't. At the same token, there's some things and as it relates to, to justice that I do believe in. I, I think the problem is when we ostracize, you know, um, when, when as believers, we don't speak up when we should speak up. And you leave a community that says, where is the church when we need the church to speak up? So now the believers have to, or they feel tempted to say, well, I go to a secular organization, even though I don't believe in everything that they believe in, yes. but they're the only ones that's speaking up. And I think that's where the problem lies, yes. you know. We, in my read, a statistic I think came out recently from the Billy Graham Association that said, I think it was something like 80% of evangelicals do not share their faith. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. mean, and that's an indictment. I mean, that's what Jesus left us. He said, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples. We're not holding up to our responsibility in light of culture, in light of the things we're seeing. Hey, the world's going to be the world no matter what. Absolutely. And we've got to be that balm of Gilead, the hope, that hope that comes from Christ only. Yes. And and I think, and you said it, and we don't. So where is that? Where is that group? What what is that group saying? You know, I don't need any secular organization that's going to speak for me when when we should be speaking, when our brothers and sisters, we should be speaking up. We should be advocating for the for the for the poor. We should be advocating for the, the underserved. We should be saying something. But I think that's the that's the problem when 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 I say my community, when the when the church don't speak up, well, who's speaking up? Who's saying something? And we have to speak up and we have to share our faith. And we have to not just share our faith, we have to express our faith. When it's tough, when it's against what we've what we, what's been passed down to us when it's against what we've learned. What does Jesus say? Not what my grandmom say, not what my granddad say, whether he was a racist, whether he was um, on drugs. What what does God say about this and, and my response to it? And I think we don't do that enough. Myron, how do we practically communicate Jesus to today's culture? Oh, man, I, I think I think we do what he would do, get involved in the culture and 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 um, build relationships, get to know people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who don't vote like you, build relationships and, and speak the truth in love. I think, you know, we, 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 we ask questions, we only assume, but we don't get in the game and we don't build relationships. It's easy to say, well, all blacks or all whites when we don't have relationships. See, some, there's certain things that people can't tell me about all whites because I have relationships. True relate not conversations, relationships. Eden, true conversations. We talk about races. We talk about you know the, our perceptions of the black and white community. We talk about this. I mean, and and I think that's what has to take place. You know, so we can easily point the finger and be social media bullies and 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 just make comments about what took place on Fox News or CNN, what we see in the media. 
But that absent relationship, I think, leads to catastrophe. So we have to build relationships and speak the truth and love, regardless of who it cuts. If it cuts my mom, it cuts. If it cuts my racist grandma, it cuts. If it cut my grandma who said, you better not bring a white woman in this house, it's, it, it cuts because is that what God wants? Is that what God – so I have, to, I have to speak to that and not allow it to be true just because my grandma said it. If we claim to be in Jesus, we must walk as Jesus did. I think the Scripture teaches us that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned you know. about your love for football, and, of course, I will say you are an avid Dallas Cowboy fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But <laughs> as you talk about coaching and keeping the, the kids out there for that act, it's so important that kids continue, even though with this pandemic, find ways that we can keep them active because you've got all this energy that needs to be released. And the football field's a great place to do it for the cheerleaders and the football players. But you have been a volunteer head coach at Georgian Hills Middle School. Now, is that something you're still doing? No, I'm not doing that anymore. When I, I had my son um, and we started the church, I let that go. Now I'm back on the field coaching because my son is playing. Okay, where's your son playing? So he's playing for, for uh, uh, the uh, LEC Cowboys. So we have a football team. We have several football teams. Uh, and, and, and so we, you know, uh, third, you know, a ten U, eight U, and a twelve U, and so he plays on the eight U, and so uh, I'm, I'm back out there with him. How are you using that time, Myron? Not just to teach plays, but also to help build that character in these young men. Oh man, we don't make excuses. Period. We 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 don't lose the game because of we win the game in spite of. We don't talk about the referee and what he's not doing. We win the game. He plays basketball as well, and we just won. Actually, we just won the championship in football and basketball. But the game in basketball that we played, it was a really close game against an all-white team, and it was a rough, rough game, rough calls. It was just, like, unbelievable. And I had the coaches and the parents, like, was going because it's like we had, like, seven calls early on in the game, and it just it, it seemed horrible. But we kept our composure. And we, we don't we don't focus on that. We focus on what we can control. What we control is our play. And we keep our head and we play and we win the game in spite of we ended up winning their championship <laughs> in a close game. It, it, you know, and so it's those things and, and in life, the same way in life, to where things may not be fair, but we don't we don't lose because of that. We do our part and and we let the results take care of itself. And so because we could easily say, oh, man, he cheated. Oh, that's a bad call. Oh, we're playing all these white kids and, and these white referees. We could have done that. It's like, man, what, what? You're, not, you're not helping kids, you know. You know, you, you, you point to the truth in some issues. You know, there is some racism. There's some people that's not racist. That, you know, and so you, 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 you have to teach those, those, those life lessons. But that's, really how, that's how you do it. That's how you deal with racism. Because as long as there's humans on this earth, there's going to be racism. Because Absolutely. the heart is deceitfully wicked above all. Who can understand it? But that's how right. you respond to it and how you interact with it and what difference you make. And that is such a valuable lesson there, Myron. Yes. Well, as we look at these past eight years of innovation, what you want to give glory to God for most, just to say, I thank you, God, for these past eight years. Oh, I thank you, God, for, for life change. I thank you for 
for um, just seeing a, a, the mentality of, of, of your people change. Marriage, yo, God, it's so much. Marriage is being reconciled. People, the, the, the mindset in our community, people get married. You have young cycles really changing. People saying we're not going to live with each other. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. We're going to be a kingdom family. We're going to come to church, and we're going to instill godly principles in our kids. We're not going to look for handouts, but we're going to look to serve people. Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve, and that's the mentality of the church. And there's so many young people, God, that's doing it. So it's not, you know, you have people of all ages, but it's so many young millennials that are changing there's a place for them. They're seeing, you know, uh, in a, innovation. You know, uh, 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 Byron, this Sunday we had, you know, a, a gospel rap. And these, our gospel rappers came out on four-wheelers and ATVs. <laughs> they, they came out on four-wheelers and ATVs. If you go to our page, you, you, you'll be able to see the video to where, and they got out and they rapped, and they didn't, and they rapped Jesus. And so to identify with people that that's young to identify and you know to see that that's what's amazing to me so to see innovation at that in that level paul said i made all things to all men that by all means i'm able to save some so god given us the ability to reach his people in an innovative manner oh. so we have doctors <laughs> lawyers professionals ex-gang bangers ex-drug dealers ex-everything in that church worshiping together and he's feeding all of us so it's not well it's, it's a young church well it, it's a church for only professionals it's a church for god's people and people are changing and getting married and having kids and investing in their community and serving and so man it's so much to be thankful for. <laughs> oh praise thankful. god yeah, Brother, you're filling my joy tank up. I mean, I just kept getting the biggest smile. The more you talk, this, the more praise. And God is so good as we look back and give him the glory for what he's done these past eight years. Well, my friend, our time's gone. We're going to have to say goodbye. If folks wanted more information about the Innovation Church, how can they find out more? Find out by going to innovationchurchmemphis.org. InnovationChurchMemphis.org And we have a new website as well called uh, InTheHouse.Live And that's been our website that we've been using throughout the pandemic Because we've been doing so much in the house So it's InTheHouse.Live right, My dear friend, I love you brother God bless you Thanks for having me on as usual man Let's get together and get in person And we can do another This is an open invitation for you, you know it Thanks for spending this time with us Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.